0: Of the Third Kind.
1: Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron and I am one of your hosts. There's another host that's joining me today, Danielson. What's up, guys? Now real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you'd like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive
2: episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past
1: Patreon episodes. In total, we have over 90 extra Patreon episodes, which is over 125 extra hours of listening pleasure. So to see this full list of Patreon episodes, go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the Patreon episodes tab. There you will be able to see the entire list of Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have published.
2: Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is a Theories Thursday exclusive. In that episode, we talk about Roland T. Owen and his mysterious death, as well as the worst possible time to be alive in human history, known as the Year of Darkness. So you get access to that episode, as well as all of the others, for just $5.
1: Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or Spotify, and that helps us out a lot.
2: However, don't feel the pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's perfectly fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever
1: you are to enjoy the show. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is a Theories Thursday. So how Theories Thursdays usually go is that me and Dan have each picked out our favorite conspiracy topic of the week, and we haven't told each other about it, we've independently researched it, and then uh, we're going to take turns going over our topic. All right. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. So Dan, do you want to do the randomization to figure out who goes first? I will. All right. How many times shall we do this?
2: Four times. Four times. All right. One, two, three, four. Daddy Aaron is first.
1: All right. So the title of my topic this week is called The Black Budget. Now, are you aware of what the black budget is, Daniel? Or have you even heard about it? Would it be something about, like, the negative budgeting of the United States? Not really. No, it's kind of like a secret funding that the the United States government does for its secret projects. But we'll get into the whole entire black budget and what it is here in a little bit. But before we do, I first want to give you a mental visualization of money so that you can fully understand how much a million, a billion, and a trillion dollars is. Because honestly, I mean, when you think about it or you just hear the words, a million, billion, trillion, they don't seem that far apart from each other, right? I mean, they seem like they're fairly close. If you say, oh, I'm a billionaire and I'm a billionaire, that seems like, okay, well, they're kind of close. But that is not true at all because all three of them are extremely far apart from one another. And this visualization that I'm gonna give you, it plays a role in my topic. All right, so let's first talk about a million dollars. So to visualize a million dollars better, let's take a $1,000 bill. And yes, they make those, a $1,000 bill. Now, if you stack a $1,000 bill and you keep stacking it on top of one another, you would only need four inches for that to be worth a million dollars. That's it. Just four inches of $1,000 bills and you're a millionaire. Now, how tall would that stack of that $1,000 bills need to be to be worth $1 billion? You want to take a guess? 10 inches. No. It would need to be 358 feet high. 358 feet high? 358 feet high, high, which is taller than the Statue of Liberty, which is only about 305 feet high. And that's just for billion? That's $1 billion. So four inches high is a million. 358 feet high is a billion. So Elon Musk, as of today, his net worth is two hundred and thirty nine point six billion dollars. Jeff Bezos, one hundred and sixty five billion dollars. Bill Gates, one hundred and thirty billion dollars. So needless to say, I mean, when, when you talk about those numbers, we're eventually going to see the first trillionaire within the next, I don't know, like 40 to 50 years. Right. There's going to be somebody who's worth a trillion dollars. Just like we've seen with companies and their net worth. Uh, For example, in 2018, the company Apple became the first trillion dollar company. Now, let's talk about exactly how much $1 trillion is. All right, so get this if you took $100 bills and you laid them flat on top of one another, How far up into the sky do you think you would have to go before you hit a trillion dollars? With $100 bills? Yeah, $100 bills. You lay them flat on top of one another. How far into the sky? Gotta be going out of those, though. Just give me a number. How many miles? 34,000. 34,000? What the? 34,000 feet. 34,000 feet? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, you're a little off. You would need to go 745 miles into space before you hit a trillion dollars. Into space? <laughs> into space. Oh, my God. Now, get this. The International Space Station is only 253 miles into space. So you'd be going past that. And that's $1 trillion. It's only $1 trillion. And that's $100 bills stacked up on top of each other. Not laying vertically. I'm talking stacked flat. On top of each other. That's insane. You know what the weight of that stack would be? 22 million pounds. So that is to give you a visualization of uh, how much a trillion dollars is. Okay. Now let's talk about the United States government and their spending each year. And this all ties together. Okay. So do you know how the spending works, like how the United States government gets their uh, budget and how much they can spend each year? Sort of. Okay. All right. So every year, the executive branch of the United States, they get together and they end up putting together a yearly federal spending budget. This budget sets aside certain money for different things, such as the military, education, health services, energy, science, blah, 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 blah. Basically, all the things that help the United States function as a country. All right, so that yearly spending budget plan, well, after it gets written up by the executive branch, it then gets sent to Congress for approval, which typically, I mean, they'll usually debate a little bit about what areas of spending need to be cut and what area needs more money, right? But ultimately, after like arguing for about a week or two and it making the news, they end up eventually approving it. Now, this yearly federal spending budget over the years has increased dramatically. For an example, in the year 2000, the total federal spending was $1.7 trillion, with $294 billion of that being spent on the military. Now, fast forward to 2021. Without looking it up, Daniel, what do you think the total federal spending was in the year 2021? Trillion. 6.8 trillion. What? With 705 billion of that being spent on the military. Now, who pays for this spending? The citizens, ultimately, right? They pay taxes and other things that the government gets back. But what if that revenue that the government gets from the taxes doesn't equal the amount of its spending? Let's say. They spend $6.8 trillion, but they only get $3 trillion back. Well, that extra $3.8 trillion is what's called the deficit. And all of that money accumulates each year and gets put into the national debt, which in the year 2000, the national debt was only $5.6 trillion. And I say only because how much do you think it is now in the year 2022? I have no idea. Just last month, the U.S. national debt surpassed $30 trillion. It jumped over $25 trillion. So, why do I bring this up? I mean, all the federal spending, the national debt, the visualization of money, all of that. Well, what if I told you that the United States government spends trillions of dollars a year on secret projects that they don't want? Anyone to know about. These secret projects do not go through the normal channels of the federal budget to get funding. Instead, this secret budget provides these top secret classified projects with money through what they call the black budget. Now, originally, back in the day, this black budget uh, was kind of looked at as a conspiracy theory and people would kind of like laugh when you would bring it up. However, You remember when Edward Snowden came out in 2012 and said, like, the government was spying on you and provided all these documents and everything? Well, one of the documents that he provided was a top-secret document that detailed how the United States government, each year that they allocate $52.8 billion for their black budget. Now, those top-secret documents that Edward shared also showed that the United States' black budget spans not just over one agency, it's over a dozen different agencies. And these agencies make up what is called the National Intelligence Program. Now, inside this program, uh, there, of course, is the CIA, NSA, and then there's something that I've never even heard of before, which is called the NRO, which is the National Reconnaissance Office. Have you heard that? No, I haven't either. Well, the CIA, the NSA, and the NRO, they receive almost 70% of this black budget funding. Now, each one of these agencies has a unique breakdown of their expenses and kind of like a budget summary. However, the budget summary isn't very detailed. For an example, the CIA has more than $2.5 billion set aside for, and I quote, Covert Action Programs. And an example of these Covert Action Programs would be drone operations in Pakistan and Yemen, as well as payments to militias in Afghanistan and Africa. Oh. So it doesn't go into super detail about, like, what they spend their black budget money on. So that's the official U.S. black budget in a nutshell. But... This goes way deeper than that. On the surface, the U.S. black budget just isn't 50 to $60 billion a year. Instead, it is trillions of dollars a year. So I started digging into some stuff, and I came across some weird, strange facts and findings when it came to spending that shows the black budget is way, way more than what that leaked document said. So I got a couple examples. First example that we're gonna talk about is what many people are aware of. So back on September 10th, 2001, the Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, went in front of a congressional hearing and stated that the Department of Defense had lost track of $2.3 trillion in transactions. Now his exact quote was, According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. We cannot share information from floor to floor in this building because it's stored on dozens of technological systems that are inaccessible or incompatible. So rumors started to circulate that that missing $2.3 trillion was being used on black budget projects. However, what happened the next day? The Twin Towers got hit. And everyone forgets about Donald Rumsfeld and the lost $2.3 trillion. But that wasn't the last time that something like that occurred. So get this. On January 26, 2016, the Office of Inspector General issued a report titled, Army General Fund Adjustments Not Adequately Documented Are Supported. So that report stated that in the year 2015, that the United States Army, just the Army, had failed to provide adequate documentation for $6.5 trillion in spending. $6.5 trillion, which is weird because the entire budget for the Army in 2015 was only $120 billion. (laughs) So they get approved for $120 billion and they spend $6.5 trillion. And uh, that July 2016 report stated that only 170 of those transactions by the army accounted for 2.1 trillion dollars of that 6.5 trillion so they had some pretty expensive things that they were paying for yeah another thing in that report is that they stated that the defense department reporting system removed at least 16,513 file records during the third quarter so kind of like they were hiding something all right so the last piece of evidence that I'm going to share that shows the black budget is worth way more comes from a Michigan State University professor and a former secretary from the Department of Housing and Development along with a team of Ph.D. students. They actually got together and started investigating the Department of Defense's spending. And this was in 2018. They ended up releasing a report And they were able to identify that approximately 21 trillion dollars went missing. And that money was diverted to fund government black budget projects. 21 trillion. So, of course, this poses the question, what the hell is the government doing with all of this black budget money? And that gets us into kind of like a couple theories that I have for this. So the first theory that I have for this black budget spending is that uh, the government is actually using this money to fund a breakaway civilization, that the government is dumping a tremendous amount of money into resources, into science and technology to try and figure out a way to take the elites to a different world, which,
2: meh,
1: okay. Another theory is that the United States government actually found alien technology and that they're spending an insane amount of money trying to figure out how this shit works. They're (laughs) like, we don't know how it works. I don't care. Figure it out. Hire all the scientists you can get. I could believe that. Yeah, spending just large amounts of money. Now, the last theory that I have for this is that the government is actually using all of this money to build underground bunkers. Now, why are they building these underground bunkers? Well, maybe they're aware of either an environmental cataclysmic event that is about to take place, or maybe they're aware of an alien invasion that's about to take place, and they want to make these underground bunkers to help protect the human population, you know, put a portion of them in the underground bunkers. But they don't want to tell anyone about this because they're afraid of the negative reaction and everyone kind of going crazy. So instead, they spend crazy amounts of money knowing that in the end it doesn't really matter. Like this $21 trillion and however much they spend, it doesn't really matter because there's an upcoming event that will wipe out the majority of the human civilization anyway. So they're like, eh, we're just going to go spending crazy and not tell anyone about it.
2: Reminds me of, uh, what was that one movie where the meteor... Armageddon? No, not Armageddon. The other one. The Fifth Element? Was it Deep Impact? Where they, uh, or they went up to the top of the mountain or whatever? Or was it... No. Was it 2012 with John Cusack where they had, like, bunkers and stuff?
1: Isn't that where they go in the library and then it freezes? That's Day After Tomorrow. Oh. I all these end-of-the-world movies. I don't know.
2: Yeah, there's one that, like, they had, like, big bunkers... That uh, people were trying to get into, you know, the elites got into them, and then civilians were trying to get into. I can't remember exactly which one.
1: Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that's my uh, theory for this week. I started looking into the black budget and seeing how much they actually spend and trying to visualize exactly how much money they spend. That's a lot of money that they're just creating. Yeah, which we're going to have hyperinflation. But, hey, if there's an alien invasion or, like, a cataclysmic event that's on the horizon, it doesn't really matter, does it? No. We'll still be putting out episodes uh, underground, hopefully. If not, I mean, we'll podcast till the end of the world, you know? Yep. All right. Well, that's the end of my episode. So I guess I turn the mic over to you.
2: Now, before I get into my theory, we are going to take a quick break. It won't last long. We will be right back.
1: Okay, welcome back. So what's your uh, theory for this week? This topic I picked,
2: I had looked at it previously and I'm just like, "Eh, there's really not much meat to it because it's more of a rumor. But then it got me thinking of another topic I was looking at, which I kind of decided to combine them because I think that somehow they could be connected. Okay. I picked, well, it's originally called Michigan Blue Hell, which have you heard of that, Aaron? No. All right. So Michigan Blue Hell or just Blue Hell, whichever you want to call it, is actually referred to a glitch that happens in a video game. You know how say you're playing a video game and your character ends up going outside of the map? Yeah. Like you you fall through the map, you're underneath the map now, you can see like the empty space and all that stuff. You can see into the world, but you can't get back into it. Yep. That is pretty much what Blue Hell is referring to. You're being on the outside of the world you can see in it's like being on the being on one side of a one-way mirror okay they believe that somewhere on earth there is a way for this to
1: happen for a human to glitch outside of the world
2: exactly okay they, they call it blue hell pretty much they think there is a portal to a different reality somewhere in michigan oh i personally don't think it's just
1: michigan itself You think it's all over the world, kind of like tears in the universe or the space-time continuum. There's little tears.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go into a couple locations which will fit into what I think. The first one is actually underneath Lake Erie. In like the early Native American and colonial accounts, there's a tunnel system linking Lake Erie to other bodies of water, underground cave systems. And they believe back then that there is an entrance to hell itself down there. But that's a whole other story, which you think about it, all the tunnel systems. What's one thing that the United States itself has a lot of? Tunnels. Tunnels. Like in the missing 411 when we discussed that tunnel system underground, mostly underneath the mountains and stuff. So Michigan has a bountiful amount of subterranean tunnels. So they believe that possibly somewhere down there might be the entrance to blue hell. Now, the second location would be underneath uh, a military base,
1: which would be West Fort Hood. Fort Hood, as in Fort Hood, as in Colleen, Texas? Yeah, the one in Texas. Okay.
2: From what I hear, it's an adjacent weapon storage bunker. So that's the second location. All right. Which that still goes to connections of like the airports and military bases and stuff like that through supposed secret tunnels. Okay. Which I'm like, all right, that could be a possibility. You know, they are doing secret projects under there. Like, all right, whatever. Not too paranormal. The next one, though, is an abandoned building somewhere in Detroit. Considering, I guess, there's a lot of abandoned buildings. I don't know. But it's more of like a jab, I think.
1: Just a random building in
2: Detroit? So, they say there's a way to use this abandoned building. And this abandoned building has to be at least 10 floors high. Who makes these rules? I don't know, but have you heard of the elevator game?
1: Yes, the one with uh, Elisa Lam. Yes. They say it's just
2: like that to be able to access Blue Hell. You have to find an abandoned building in Detroit that's 10 floors high
1: that has an elevator. And then you take it down and you can go into Blue Hell, which was pretty much glitching out of the world or reality that you're in.
2: So there are a couple things they say happens when you go down there. One, you glitch out of our reality and you get into another one. Two, you go down there and you die. So the third one is instead of it being like a different reality, you, get, you go down there and you just get stuck in this like
1: empty space. So kind of like in limbo. Yeah. For eternity or for the rest of your life. Exactly. Just like in limbo. But you don't know how long you'd survive down there because I don't know if they have any food or water. Nope. Oh, man.
2: No, but I was reading up on the elevator game and it was actually pretty interesting. The sequence that supposedly you're supposed to do. Who figured that sequence out?
1: Like, did they figure it out and then they come back up to the top and be like, okay, this is what you have to press?
2: I assume so. And I, I'm going to have to assume that there were some trial and errors. Okay. Possibly somebody died. All right. Because uh, you do the sequence and then when you get to like the sixth step of it, a woman will board the elevator. You're not supposed to look at her and you're not supposed to talk to her. Because if you do, I guess she either consumes your soul or you get captured by her. That's weird. Yeah, and she supposedly rides the elevator till you get to blue hell.
1: And what does she do after that?
2: Well, when you go to step off on the 10th floor, is what it's supposed to say that's going to be the 10th floor, she's going to like be asking you, like, hey, why are you getting off? What are you doing? Still, you can't talk to her. Can't even look at her. You do, you get captured. Hmm. Some weird shit. But then they say, like, to get back to normal reality, you do the same sequence, which you have to go through the same process of avoiding that woman. Oh, man. Okay. So that got me thinking a little bit more. So I searched a little bit more into Blue Hell and I found out there was like a little story behind the Detroit abandoned building one. They said that long ago, Native American tribes imprisoned a great serpent or monster beneath the earth where the cursed building now stands. So I'm guessing there was like some type of burial ground there and they built buildings on it. And they said this is why some people end up uh, going missing. When they go into abandoned buildings, they play this stupid elevator game, go to Blue Hell, and then when they go down there thinking they're going to find like some other reality, they literally just walk into a feeding ground. Well, that sucks. That does suck. Then, of course, the final location they think that it could be, which this one's just very similar in name itself. Did you know that there's a town called Hell, Michigan?
1: No, I did not.
2: Yeah, there's a town called Hell, pretty much. Okay. Now, there's no there's no instances of anybody, like, finding any abandoned building or blue hell experiences there. It's just more of like, oh, it's called hell, so this must be where it's at. I mean, it's kind of a weird
1: name. I mean, it is a weird name. How's it spelled? Is it spelled H-E-L-L or H-E-L or H-E-J-L? H-E-L-L. Okay.
2: Now, I picked that topic. The other one I picked to go along with it has nothing to do with the Michigan itself. But it got me thinking, have you seen those mysterious stairs in the woods?
1: Yes. Yes, I have. I've actually seen a pair of mysterious stairs in the woods myself, where I used to live. All right. Were there any buildings near it? No, there's nothing near it. It was just a stairwell? Just a stairwell. I was like, how the hell is this thing standing up? And I walked up to it, and I walked on it a little bit, and I turned around and came back down. You didn't go all the way up it? Oh, hell no, I didn't go all the way. That thing was tall as hell.
2: See, that's what intrigued me. And I'm just thinking, reading up on it, they say these stairs take you somewhere. And it made me think, what if you think about it? Michigan blue hell, supposedly it's like going down to get out of what I'm going to go ahead and call the simulation. Say like we are in a game. The blue hell is going down to get out of the map. The stairs in the woods are the way to go up out of the map. Oh, to get on top of the map. Okay. So it made me think that there's more than one way to get out. But as you could tell with just the blue hell itself, that some people don't make it out. They end up dying or something like that or something bad happens to them, which made me read up more on the mysterious stairs in the woods. Now, real quick, let's take a short break. We will be right back, guys. All right. Welcome back. There's been incidents where people ended up dying or getting hurt messing with these stairs. And I know it started off, I think, as a
1: creepypasta. But there are stairs in the woods. Like Aaron said, he's seen one. Yeah. I've seen some in Waco. I actually seen one in Waco. And then there was another pair of stairs, but they were actually connected to the side of the mountain. It's called Jacob's Ladder. And it is extremely vertical. I mean, almost to where I have to crawl up it. And I've, I crawled all the way to the top. But that, it actually let off on like a mountain ledge, so it's actually stairs on a mountain. The other stairs were in the middle of the woods, no one frigging around. I was on a mountain biking trail, came across them and said, that is very odd. Got off my mountain bike, walked up about halfway of the stairs and said, whoa, man, this thing's pretty tall. Came back down, got back on my mountain bike and finished the trail. This was a few years ago. Did you have like any weird feeling when you were
2: walking up those stairs?
1: Yes, yes, I did. I remember uh, I had a feeling of like anxiety, like well, which I mean, I always have a feeling of anxiety, but I had a feeling of like somebody watching me. It wasn't in a really nice area where I was mountain biking at, like there was a lot of um, muggings, Ooh. but it was in the middle of the forest, and there's known people to have like stayed on the mountain biking trail and purposely mug people, which I always said if I was mountain biking and somebody came across with like a knife, I would just give them a good old kick to the freaking face going twenty miles an hour. But if they had a gun, that's a whole nother story. I they could have my mountain bike, they could have whatever they want. I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, I I did see stairs. I went halfway up it. I got an uneasy feeling like somebody was watching me. So I hopped back on my bike and went back on the trail.
2: Okay. So that kind of fits in with one of the stories that I heard was a guy was I guess a guy and a girl found these stairs in the woods. And this lady decides to walk up the stairs. As she's walking up, she's just like, you know, I got a weird feeling about this. Uh Uh-oh. It's like, my body just doesn't feel right. Walks up a little bit further, then collapses. Collapses with what? Dead. Dead? Oh, my God. Like, got her out of the woods, got her to the hospital, find out that she had a brain
1: aneurysm. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm glad I didn't walk up the rest of the way of the (laughs) stairs.
2: (laughs) Then another story was, it was two park rangers. One was a veteran, one was a rookie. They found some stairs in the woods. And the rookie decided to walk up the stairs. And he saw at the end of the stairs was a tree branch going across. Well, I'm going to go up these stairs and grab this tree branch. He gets up to the very top of the stairs, and as he reached out for the tree branch, his hand was cut clean off. By what? They don't know. (laughs) His hand... Nowhere to be found. It just disappeared. It glitched. Just disappeared. Like he hit a wall, like out of bounds or something.
1: Took his hand. And he just sliced his hand off and it went over into the other side or whatever. Pretty much,
2: yeah. Okay. That made me think that what if it's possible that Blue Hell and these stairs are actually connected, their ways out. And the fact, like, say, the two people climbing up the stairs, the stories I said. They didn't have the key or or the correct requirements to make it through.
1: But who's building these stairs? That's the question. That I don't know. Like, I would love to know. Maybe they're
2: like, say, if we are in a simulation that the coding was wrong and that these stairs were put there. Or maybe the people that uh, are controlling the simulations, these
1: are just ways out or ways to get in without people seeing them. Ooh. Maybe there are ways to time travel. Maybe that uh, the time travelers have opened up an invisible portal and they place these stairs here in the middle of the forest as a way for them to say, okay, I can go to the middle of the forest. Nobody's going to know that these stairs are here. I can find my way back to my portal and travel back where I came from or, you know, whatever. And it's just a, a portal to the future or wherever the time traveler came from. I mean that'd be pretty cool yeah it would be it'd be a good way for you to hide your um portal and not have to worry about anybody messing with it yeah so i
2: mean it just it just kind of seemed like there could be a connection between them especially with the guy's hand getting cut off it was like a glitch right there the guy putting try to grab the branch ends up glitching and losing his damn hand that's weird see and i know people are gonna be like oh it's not real
1: Hey. It's good to hypothesize, good to think right, about. to get your mind thinking and think, what if, and have these conversations. I love these type of conversations, you know?
2: Yeah, because you think the number one place that most of these stairs
1: are found are in national parks. Hey, missing 411. Exactly. People go missing. I'm telling you, they got these interdimensional travelers or these time travelers. That is where their portals are. They come over to our dimension or our time period kidnap a few people, and take them back with them.
2: So either that or that the, some of these explorers and stuff are finding these stairs. They're finding a way to activate these stairs, per se. I want to say that, you know, like with Blue Hell, some people go down, they actually make it out, and they're on the other side or in the other reality. Or some people go down there and they supposedly just die. I'm thinking there might be some type of requirement for you to actually pass through unharmed.
1: Yeah, you got to have like some pendant or something. I'm going to start looking up uh, stairs and forests in my area in Boston to see if there's any.
2: I'm going to try to find some here. I, I don't think there's any here unless I go probably to the mountains,
1: maybe. I'll start looking around. I'll climb up a few. I'll live stream it, make sure I don't die. And if I do, it'll be it'll be on live stream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, it was super interesting. I enjoyed it a lot, Dan.
2: It really does make me want to go out and try finding some. It really does.
1: Yeah, me too. I wish we would have did this topic last week. So uh, whenever you were here, we could have went looking for uh, stairs. Oh, we could have. Yeah. Next time. I mean, in a couple months, we'll get back together.
2: We would have found those stairs and our, we would bust our asses because of the freezing rain because we'd have slip on them. <laughs> it's real. It's real. I <laughs> failed. <laughs>
1: yeah, I fell. Help, help. That would have been uh, another pair of stairs I fell down. (laughs) I'm still recovering from the first two flights of stairs I fell down. My back in that one spot still is messed up, man. I don't know what's wrong with it. Maybe I have like a blown out, uh, what's it called? A herniated disc or something, man. I got something jacked up back there. I admit, I almost busted my ass going down your stairs. Those things are slick. They're slick, and you don't expect the last, so when you go down the the first steps, and then you take a right, go down the second steps, and then take a right and go down the third, when you're going down those second steps, you don't realize that there's an extra step there that's not supposed to be there, Yeah, and you overstep it. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, I, I almost busted my ass. Anyway, all right, well, thank you for your theory this week, Dan. It was good. I liked it. Thank you. I, I
2: tried to go with something different, a little bit more out of there. Stayed away from cryptids because I usually do cryptids and then murders. So I try to go differently.
1: Well, I enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, so now we got a couple mini theories that we're going to discuss. They aren't really theories. They're just kind of like uh, discussions. Okay. So I came across a, um, an interesting article. And I want to talk to you about Jeff Bezos. Did you hear about what he just created? What company he just created? No. All right. So about a week or so ago, uh, it was announced that Jeff Bezos was launching a new company called Alto Labs. A-L-T-O Labs. Now, this new company is uh, led by Hal Barron, who was the former chief scientific officer at GSK, also known as... Smith Klein or however you pronounce that. Oh, yeah, the pharmaceutical company. Exactly, yeah, like the one we went over in, in Big Pharma. So not only is that person on the, the team of this Alto Labs, but Jeff also hired two Nobel Prize winners to join this company, and they've also already uh, successfully raised over $3 billion in funding. Now, what do you think this company does exactly? Hmm. Automatic driving cars? No, but I I guess you could kind of say you're on the track. So this company stated that they want to reverse the aging process and eliminate all disease, ultimately allowing mankind to become immortal and live forever. Well, there's apocalypse happening right there. (laughs) So what do you think of that? Okay, let me ask this. If given the choice, would you want to become immortal and live forever? No. Okay. What about extending your life to like a thousand years?
2: Would this be more than just myself, my life being extended? Would if someone else be extended as well? Yeah. I mean, maybe not a thousand years. Maybe just another hundred or two hundred years. I wouldn't mind that. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. If I could extend my life and have my family's life extended along with me, then. Yeah, I I would do it. But if it was just me, no. There's no way. I couldn't live 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 years in the future knowing that everybody that I knew had already died.
2: Everyone that you knew and loved. That's too many heartbreaks to deal with. Yep. I'm a sensitive guy. (laughs) I'll hurt.
1: (laughs) So anyways, I saw that article and I thought it was super interesting and uh, something for us to look forward to. Jeff Bezos and his uh, villainous ways. is making a new company.
2: If we go back to Baba Vanga, she prophesied about a disease that would make us age faster.
1: Yes. What year was that? Oh, um, let me look up. Baba Vanga.
2: Because I feel like they're going to try to reverse it and they're actually going to fast forward with it. They're going to make it progress faster, our aging.
1: That I could believe. I can't find it. Well, tell me that was a Mandela effect. No, it wasn't a Mandela effect. I can't find it exactly. But, um, yeah, you're you're one 100% right. Baba Vanga, if you don't know who she is, we did an episode over her. She's a lady who did a lot of, a lot of predictions. One of the predictions was that, like Dan said, there will be a disease that appears in mankind or in humankind that... Uh, Instead of making you younger, it makes you go older, faster. Yeah, yeah. You, you like, catch it, and you immediately become old and die. Like, you progress way fast, way faster than normal. Which I can see that happening now that you mention that. Maybe they screw up, and they try to reverse the aging process, and then, boom, all of a sudden, they create this new disease. Yeah. Way to go, Jeff Bezos. This is like Terminator. We already know this is going to happen. We just got to stop it. Yeah. All right, um. So the next mini theory that I want to talk about is actually about a squirrel. Now, it's just not any, yeah, just not any squirrel. This is a psycho squirrel. All right, now, squirrels are my favorite. Well. You can't be making them sound psycho like this. Okay, well, listen to this. So I found this article. Apparently, a couple months ago, over the Christmas holidays, there was a small gray squirrel that had the name of Little Buddy from the people in that town. And he was often seen in and around the small town of Buckley that's located in Wales. And, I mean, people in the town knew this squirrel. That's why they named him Little Buddy. Just over a span of two days, this little squirrel went absolutely crazy for some odd reason and attacked over 18 people in that town. So according to a local resident, uh, the squirrel had been quite friendly earlier in the year, and she had even started giving it food until it just randomly bit her just before Christmas. Then, in the space of 48 hours, the squirrel attacked over 18 people. He started attacking people who were just taking the recycling bags to the bin, and they were quite gruesome injuries. So, uh, the squirrel was eventually captured, and it was euthanized due to some uh, legislation concerning the release of wild gray squirrels, which are considered an invasive species in the U.K. And the uh, precise reason behind this squirrel's violent rampage remains a mystery. So no rabies? Well, they sent it off for testing, but they haven't got it back yet. So this happened recently? Yeah, this happened over the Christmas holiday. Oh. you imagine that?
2: Yeah, I'm wondering if there was like a nest or something near the recycling thing and
1: well it's the way that the lady said it was that she was feeding it and then it attacked her. And then after that, people in the town would go out to take the trash. I guess to the corner and the squirrel would just come out and attack them. It was just like running the streets. Damn. Got enough of their shitty quality peanuts. It's insane. Crazy psycho squirrel. Have you well I was going to ask if you've ever been attacked by an animal, but I know you've been attacked by a bat.
2: Ah, yes. I've been attacked by a bat. I've been attacked by a dog. Uh, let's see. What else? I think that's pretty much it for now. For now, because I don't have much luck with that stuff. I always get attacked
1: by something. My uncle attacked like a, he attacked a, uh, he was like a possum or something in the road. I don't know, something like that. He attacked it or grabbed it or something, and then it went after him and attacked him. Usually possums are pretty uh, passive because they play dead. It wasn't a possum then. Was it a raccoon? No, it wasn't a raccoon. I don't know. It was some weird animal that was just chilling in the middle of the road, and he went to go get it, and it attacked him, and he attacked it, and they had a brawl in the middle of the street. I like it. Yeah.
2: Oh, about attacked by a snake. A snake? Oh, my God. Tell me about that. I don't have much luck with snakes, so I'm not a big fan of them. So, like, the first time I've had an incident with a snake, somehow a snake got into my room. It was back when we had tube TVs. You know, they produced a decent amount of heat, and you could put things on top of it. I had my black belt, just a normal black belt on top of it. And I think I came home after spending the weekend out, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to play the Wii. i want to play some Legend of Zelda. So I sit there. I start playing the Wii. And I kept looking up at my belt, considering it was moving. I'm just thinking, okay, maybe I'm just tired. I should probably take a nap or something. Still sitting there playing it because, you know, you get into playing a game, you just keep playing. And it moved again. I'm just like, what the hell? So, of course, I just get up and I just put my face right near the belt, just looking at it like, the hell's moving it? Then all of a sudden, a little black head pops up, a little tongue just flicking out at me. And I'm just staring face to face with this black snake. And I'm just standing like, oh shit, that's a snake. I don't know. I had, like, a delayed reaction to where I'm staring at it. The next thing I you know, my hand just swings, and I hit the belt and the snake.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. Now you got a snake in your room somewhere.
2: Yeah, now the snake's in my closet. I had to get my brother to come over and help me get it, and this black snake was definitely aggressive afterwards. We put on our hunting boots, and it was biting the shit out of our boots and everything. Damn. There was no way for us to uh, get, get rid of it, friend, like, in a friendly manner.
1: Mm. Did you eventually get rid of it, though? Yes.
2: All right. Well, that's good. I wish we uh, had
1: pictures of it still, because I think it was like about four feet long. Holy shit. That thing would have strangled you. Yeah. Wow. Well, I've gotten attacked by a horse before. Those things can be vicious. Uh, when I was probably like... Hope it's not like
2: the uh, Patreon episode,
1: attack-wise. Oh, Jesus Christ. No. No, 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 no. Uh, if you haven't listened to our Patreon episode, uh, we've got a couple good stories about horses on there. <laughs> uh. Yeah, go, go check that out. So, yeah, when I was, like, eight or nine, my mom decided to purchase a miniature horse that she named Cinnamon. And then she decided to purchase a second one, but this one was, like, half miniature, half not miniature. It it wasn't the size of a full-grown horse, but it wasn't a miniature horse. It was, like, in between. It was weird. I don't know if they have, like, a name for those type of horses. But anyways, she named that one Pokey. Well, Pokey was a mean asshole, and he always bit me. So one day, my uncles decided it would be funny to set me on top of Cinnamon and have me hold on while uh, they kind of like had him buck. I didn't think it was funny at all. They set me on top of Cinnamon. They're like, oh, he's just going to walk around. Well, then they slapped his ass and he went freaking crazy, right? And I rode him for like, I don't know, I want to say eight seconds. You hear the timer? It's probably only uh, like half a second. And he bucked me off and then he turned around. And he started, like, taking his head like a bull and trying to, like, nudge me. And then he went and bit the shit out of my nipple. Well, it really wasn't my nipple area. It was, like, up on my, like, shoulder area. But it was close to my nipple at the time. And I started screaming. And he bit me so hard that he actually picked me up. Like, I was on the ground. And he bit me. And he picked me up a little bit. And it kind of, like, threw me up on my feet. And he let go. And I started running like a son of a bitch. That was a traumatizing event that happened in my life. I never rode a horse after that. That's Cinnamon. Rest in peace. He's in the glue factory now. Well, I don't know if he's in the glue factory. Maybe. Did you freeze? Okay, you're back. Oh, it was me? I thought it was you. Oh, I don't know if it was me or you. What the hell? You're over there freezing and camera going off and on. Dude, my internet's cutting out. It's because the government doesn't want want you to know about my horse story.
2: Oh, man. I'm over here just like, Aaron, you lose connection over there.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's my horse story. It traumatized me. Damn. Yeah, that traumatized me. So I've never ridden a horse since. I've been near one and it
2: snapped at me. Uh heard that if you, like, go around one being all anxious and sketchy, it can notice that and it won't be very friendly to you, something like that. But I mean, shoot, I walked up to the horse and it farted at me, so I wasn't.
1: Farted at you?
2: Dude, that thing let one rip, man. Right when I was walking past it.
1: Have you ever been attacked by a rabbit? No. I haven't either. But my brother had his eyeball pissed in by a rabbit. Okay, I know. I know you're like, how the hell does that happen? You're going to have to tell the story on that one. All right. So my grandparents had like a bunch of rabbit cages that were sitting up off the ground so the snakes wouldn't come eat the rabbits. Mm-hmm. So my brother was like, underneath the cage, like a pet and the rabbit's putting his finger through, going, good rabbit, good rabbit. All of a sudden, one of the rabbits pissed right into his eyeball, and he went around screaming, my eye. And my mom was like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And he's like, the rabbit peed in my eye. And then called him Piss Eye for like a month straight after that. But anyways. Bunnies are, bunnies are cool. I like them. Yep, they are. All right. Well, do you got anything else to add to today's episode before we go to our on the scene this week?
2: Uh, just because there's one psycho squirrel doesn't mean they're all bad. Squirrels are amazing. Don't let Aaron make them sound like they're terrible.
1: They're tasty. I don't know. I've never eaten one before. I've never eaten one. Hmm. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode today. If you have a pet squirrel, send us an email. We'd love to hear about it. If you have a pet squirrel, I want to see pictures. All right. So if you don't know what our on the scene is, it is where a listener sends in audio clip that they've recorded. From them going and uh, asking a random individual or it could be a, a family member about current conspiracy happenings and getting their opinions on those happenings. Now anybody can submit their on the scene. Yep. Including you. Yes, you. Just make sure it is less than two minutes long and then attach that audio file to the email and send it to either mine or Dan's email. A good app to use would be the Rode Podcast uh, app. Yep, the Rode Podcast app is a great recording app, and it's free. All right, so for this week's On the Scene, we have Stephanie, and we will listen to that right now.
0: Hey, guys, it's Stephanie again. Um, I'm doing another On the Scene, and I got my friend John with me. I got two other people here with me that are my coworkers, so they're just going to stand here and listen because they weren't sure what to answer. (laughs) All right, John, what do you think about ghosts?
3: So I just have this one quick testimony from my grandparents that they told me whenever I was really young. Uh, They had this friend, his name was Rick, and uh, they were over with him and his wife playing pool in this old house. And uh, the, the pool table was set up right in the middle of the living room. Rick got really drunk and was being abusive to his wife. and. in the the middle of this argument, he picks up a pool ball off the table and goes to throw it at his wife's face. And as the pool ball is like flying towards this woman's face, like at full speed, a picture of his parents levitated off the wall and went right in front of her face. And the pool ball hit it and shattered the picture and just dropped right there on the table. And like everyone there like knew, (laughs) knew that there was no explanation for that picture coming off the wall or anything, it's just, it's always stuck with me since they told me that story.
0: Okay, what do you think about the Illuminati? The elitists.
3: The Illuminati are definitely real, and they actually are not at the top of the food chain. There's there's a there's a shadow entity above them that we don't have time to get into.
0: You think it's satanic?
3: Oh, without a doubt. And and most of the people that are involved in it don't even know that it's satanic.
0: Okay, what about? like the Hollywood people what do you think about all those people like you see pictures of them like doing like the triangle over their eye
3: yeah it's it's all connected it's all connected
0: hmm what do you think about the Epstein trials (laughs) Uh, oh
3: this is the biggest joke that's ever happened like
0: what do you think about Ghislaine I think she's gonna get I think something's gonna happen to her they're not gonna let her talk too long
3: yeah, I, don't, I think that they've already coached her enough that whatever she has to say is going to be exactly what they told her to say. Okay. So.
0: All right, guys, two minutes up. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'll be sending this to you guys. Thanks so much. Bye.
1: Nice. A lot of good knowledge nuggets right there, you know.
2: I was just talking about Ghislaine Maxwell this weekend. People think she's going to... Get offed? Not get off. Like, okay, so she supposedly has been charged hmm Trial's over. But now there's something happening with one of the jurors. I'm just like, they're going to throw that whole shit out, or y'all ain't even going to know about it.
1: Yep. Do a mistrial, and uh, yeah, she's going to be set free. Yep,
2: but y'all, everyone's going to think that she got charged, because she has. And that's where they're, now they're going to go quiet with it. Aaron, did you hear about the juror?
1: Nope, I did not.
2: See, exactly. No one's heard about it, really. You have to dig for this information.
1: They want to cover it up. They want to protect their own. Exactly. I think she's going to get away with it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Daniel making his prediction right now in front of the world. They used her, pretty much pinned it on her, but then they're going to let her go. Yep. There it is. All right. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for the awesome on the scene this week. That was good. We appreciate it. We love you, and we're proud of you. Yes, much love. All right, so now we're gonna to go to shoutouts. Dan, do you want to start us off for shoutouts this week?
2: Yes, I got a bunch from Facebook, and this is not all of them because I am a little bit behind because our one episode was super long and we didn't have time to do it. But to start it off, got Manuel Madrill, Casey R, James W, Matt B, John A, Dill. S. Then Harry Mongoose from the UK. I decided to use your nickname. Got Courtney G. Then got Maria and Lewis. I believe that's how you say your name. Then you got Anthony wanted a full name shout out. So Anthony Santiago. There you go. Harley B. Aaron M. Jared S. Melanie L. Jean J. Rune Bergfall, Shah Boogs, I'm guessing I said the name right, Chad A., then Mason, Uriel Ortiz, Darlene and Kyle K., Caitlin R., Jimmy A., and Ingrid H. Those are my shout-outs from Facebook. I've answered a couple of them. I'm still trying to finish answering the rest of them.
1: Nice. All right, so I got a couple shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to Ricardo Gamez, Gomez. Sorry if I pronounced your name. I'm just going to say Ricky G. He's from the Valley. Shout-out to you. Much love. Uh, shout-out to Privith Shandar. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. He's an author and photographer and a metal vocalist from London. Nice. Said that he's been listening to us for a while. So shout out to you. Sorry for uh, completely butchering your name. Shout out to Zach L. He's from North Branch. Um, so yeah, you're awesome. Thank you. Shout out to Ashley Bailey. Um, she sent us an email, said she'd love a shout out, and she saw, and she's from the uh, UK. Love you. Proud of you. All right. Shout-out to Evan K. from Elma, New York. Um, shout-out to Marisol, I think that's how you pronounce her name, A. They sent an email, hey, I wanted to reach out to you through email and uh, just let you know that my 9-year-old stepson loves your podcast. Be cool if you guys gave him a shout-out. His name is a- A-K-I-L-L-E-S. Achilles? Achilles? Thought again? A-K-I-L-L-E-S. Achilles? Achilles? Yeah, Achilles from Windsor, California.
2: Dude, badass name.
1: Yeah, it is a badass name.
2: Protect your, uh... Protect your parent. No, the tendon in the back of your uh, ankle. Your Achilles. Oh, my God.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Okay. Brain's not working, guys. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Shout out to Sarah Wishin what wishing, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh to germs, to wolfie J, Haley G, Nick T. To let's see. Gonna have to go on here. Um my internet's not being cooperative today.
2: I knew it was your internet. Yeah, it's my internet. It sucks. <laughs> Dude, mine was actually
1: doing it this morning. Like everything was lagging. I wasn't getting no search results. Shout out to Sydney, Cheyenne, Kelly N, Nick L Mexican hot sauce. She says her husband and her listen to it. Would love a shout out. Well, there you go. Mexican hot sauce, marina. My my. I love hot sauces. Brianna Vega, Monique S, Manny D, Sarah Diaz, Fidel, Castro. No, not Castro, just Fidel. Sassy Sanchez, Niss, Conco, King Thomas, and CJ Kirby. If I didn't get to you for a shout-out, I'll get to you next week. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just got a lot of shout-outs, and I write them down and put them in queue. So, yep. Anyways, all right, well you have anything else you want to talk about today before we roll out this episode or anything, Dan?
2: Yes, I did get a bunch of messages on Facebook concerning merchandise. We are still in the process of figuring it out. Once we do, we will definitely let everybody know. It will still be, uh, possibly right now, still be limited stock when we do, since we have to pretty much pay up front. But we're still figuring it out. Please be patient with us. We would love for everyone to get merch.
1: Yep. Still trying to figure it out. And, you know, we just want to provide a good quality at a good price and not be like those people that charge like 80, 90 bucks for a hoodie, which is freaking ridiculous, should I say.
2: That is really, really ridiculous. And I'm not going to say who was our last provider for merchandise, but I didn't like the quality of it. A shirt I just got, it literally, the print on it kind of just broke.
1: Yeah. Same with mine. Like, if you're going to be paying your hard-earned money for the merchandise, we want it to be good quality, you know? Yeah. So that's why we've been kind of not really pushing anything out because we don't want to push out crap quality products to you. We want to make sure that it's all good quality and we can, um, you know, make it good for you guys. And something that lasts.
2: Yeah. Nothing's worse than a shirt that you buy. You wear it two, three times after watching it and stuff, and boom, it's just a faded shirt now.
1: Yeah, that'd suck. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode today. So I want to thank you for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are all amazing, every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan, do you want to roll us out?
2: Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts.
1: Because you are not alone.